Hello, and welcome to episode number two of the Social Media Money Makers podcast. I'm your host, Brock Johnson, and this podcast is brought to you by Stan. Today's guest is someone who I think you'll very strongly relate to as he's built his social media following, which is massive, which is over 300,000 on Instagram without having a team and while having a full-time job that he's been doing while building this social media following. He's also someone who's now doing something different than what he was originally doing. So if you're someone who's ever pivoted, changed, or is maybe considering a change in your niche in the future, this is a great episode for you to listen to. Lucas O'Keefe is also a great example of how success looks different for all of us on social media. Lucas's primary revenue stream doesn't come from coaching or courses, but instead comes from brand partnerships, which is a really awesome way to make money without having to worry about the customer service and all of the other hassle that might go into the back end of owning your own business or product. Lucas is also an awesome example of the fact that you don't have to show up on every single platform. While Lucas has dabbled in posting on all the other platforms, really his main focus has just been building his Instagram following and then transitioning those followers into email list subscribers. Which, by the way, if you're not already a Stan Store user, using Stan is a very great, easy, seamless way to build digital products and offers, which can allow your Instagram followers to very easily become members of your email list. Which we don't go deep into on today's podcast, but it's absolutely essential if you want any sort of security online. But Lucas is just an absolute absolute joy. I'm super excited to share this interview with you. And towards the end of the interview, there is some juicy news that I learned about from being on Lucas's close friends list on Instagram. And I'm really excited to get to dive into that, a really big new chapter in his life that he is announcing on today's podcast. So without further ado, here's the interview. Lucas, welcome to the Social Media Moneymakers podcast. Oh, it's awesome to be here and to be chatting with you of all people. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, we have a lot of similarities in our journey. We do the same thing, uh, but over the years, I've also learned that you know we also are big Pokemon nerds. We love anything that's like retro. Uh, we both kind of were like growing our beards at the same time, so a lot of similarities. Really excited to have you on the show today. Um, and I think part of your story that we'll get into that I think is really fascinating and will be great for our listeners to get to hear is that unlike a lot of other Instagram coaches that exist in the world, you also have another job, which we're going to talk quite a bit about. Um, and so this isn't your full-time thing, or at least this hasn't been your full-time thing. And so I think it's really going to be great for people to hear how you've grown to now over 340,000 followers without this being your like main thing. So I'm excited to have you here today. Um, and let's start with your start. When you first got started on Instagram and you were growing your following, you were teaching people how to use TikTok. That's correct? Yeah. I always say it's like, start with what you know. And at the time, TikTok was what I knew. I hadn't grown an Instagram account. So I wasn't going to hop out there and be like, here's how to grow Instagram. Um, it was a time when TikTok was still new and almost... Mm -hmm. You know, people on Instagram, I feel like they were on their high horse a little bit about TikTok still. This is pre-reels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got out there talking about short video really before short video was even the worldwide phenomenon it is now. Gotcha. And then from there, you've like grown and pivoted. Now you're really known for your Instagram marketing strategies. And I would say within the space of Instagram marketing, you really excel when it comes to your carousels and your graphics. You're really crushing it there. And they're always so creative and interesting and unique. So my first question is, I know you should start with what you know, but you've pivoted a few times. Why do you think you have pivoted? Were these... Uh, thoughtful decisions that you made because you trend forecasted? Was this just you following what you loved? Why, why the pivots? 
I always say that Instagram will always be my favorite business platform because of all the different, first of all, the different communication forms, right? I, I love the DM system. Mm -hmm. People who have, you know, used DM systems on other platforms can hopefully relate that it, they're not as smooth as Instagram, and that's for sure. Um, but the content formats available and the ways you can communicate in your audience with your audience are just great. You have so many different feeds and channels. Um, like you said, more static, swipeable carousels, infographics have always been my bread and butter, but I've really challenged myself and enjoyed challenging myself to get onto video, get onto short form content like reels. I love doing Instagram lives. I'm trying to push the limits with stories. And I don't see any other platform with so many channels and avenues to really meet your audience where they are and mm -hmm. what they like to consume. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's something that's really cool that you've always done is you've always pushed yourself to show up in all these different ways. So how have you managed to maintain your level of growth and engagement while still kind of, you know, making these little pivots and trying out different kinds of content? I know recently you and I were chatting because you started to do these reels where I can hear your voice in the background, but they're I'm not seeing you on camera. Like I'm seeing graphics that are kind of like almost animated, if you will. And I think it's really cool. It's unique. I don't see anyone else doing that. So how have you managed to maintain really awesome engagement and growth while testing out all these different formats of posts? Well, it wasn't always easy and it wasn't always like, oh, this is the next thing I'm going to share. Um, something I've had to navigate pretty significantly has always been shiny toy syndrome, where it's like, there's that new thing. Mm -hmm. I see other people crushing it on like talking head or trending reels. And I go, well, wow, they're doing a phenomenal job. I want to I wanna step into that playground too. And I want to try that out. But something I've had to really come to terms with is listening to my own audience and realizing, and, and I, I love that you brought mm -hmm. up that, that specific content example, because when I try the talking head reels, um, I enjoy making them. I enjoy being on, on camera and doing that. I think I've put a lot of work into my little studio background here behind me, but I find my audience hasn't come to expect that from me. That's not the format or the really the platform, the brick by brick that I built my audience on. So what I've had to really find more mm -hmm. importantly is looking into my analytics, looking into my insights from my audience. I'm always weekly, monthly doing specific check-ins with my Instagram analytics to see, okay, which post got me the most follows this month? which post got the most shares and had people talking, what got the most reach. And I was seeing again and again that as I was experimenting with new content formats, new ways to appear on camera or in my graphic design oriented posts, I was finding that my audience likes the more graphic design style. The, you know, it's the teacher in me. I always mm -hmm. say I make, I turn my posts into pages from a textbook. And I, I love looking at a textbook with nice rich diagrams and learning from those flowcharts and whatnot and graphs. So I've built my content that way and wanting to continue to use reels and not to ignore such a powerful format. I found my talking head, me on camera style reels weren't doing the best. So I incorporated, like you said, voiceover for information with the visual hook of the static infographics or the moving infographics that my audience has loved. And it's really this happy medium that's working for me, working for the algorithm and working for my audience right now. I love that. And I love that you specifically said, you know, like looking at every single week or maybe even every single month, looking at the posts that did really well. And it sounded like to me, the two main areas that you focused on is which posts got the most shares and which posts kind of got the most overall reach. Is that accurate? Or are there any other stats that you're 
uh, really focused on or caring about or checking? Yeah, share, shares and follows have really been that duo I really look to. I always say shares are the way, in a world where everyone's like trying to understand the algorithm or some people complaining about, oh, the algorithm's not showing my content. My favorite thing to say about shares mm -hmm. is you're cutting the algorithm out of the picture if you are creating shareable content because you're not relying on you know, the programming in the app or the social media platform. You're not relying on that to get your content seen. Your audience is doing it for you. And what's more powerful than someone sharing something on their stories, someone DMing a reel that they really like. I've been seeing all those jokes lately where it's like, everyone has that one friend where your whole conversation, you're not talking in the DMs. It's just 50,000 reels yeah. just scrolling down and that's your conversation. That's powerful. And I think when someone is sharing content and sending it to a friend, sending it to their, blasting it out to their audience on stories, that is going to get you the reach you really want without relying on the algorithm and follows. I say, you know, it's obviously great to have people liking your content. It's great to have people saving and commenting. But if someone's hitting that follow button, that's, that's the gold right there. Someone liked your post enough, a complete stranger liked your post enough to follow you and subscribe for more from you. And that's what I think is power. So if someone is doing that, I feel like it's more important than likes, saves, and comments all combined. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So early on when you were first getting started, when you were still talking about TikTok, how did you uh, keep going? Like, how did you maintain this consistency and kind of push through in those early days? I think at, at the root of all something, at the root of all of it, something I've just loved is the experimentation of it. Um, and, and I see you doing this too, right? I love how we're just, we're out here experimenting. We're trying unique posts. We're going with the flow of the changes that are happening to the platforms we use today. We're looking at the trends and we're trying to make our educated predictions on, on what we see coming. And, and that's just something I love doing. It's, it's my passion and <laughs> social media and content creation. Um, I think we're in a time where we're so fortunate that with social media platforms, with the rise of content creators, people can really just take that passion, talk about it a lot, build an audience and build a business out of it. So I just love what I'm doing, going with the flow not being afraid to experiment and share that back to my audience. So it sounds to me then like part of what allowed you early on to keep going was that you weren't focused on the numbers per se. You were more focused on, hey, I just love the creativity. I love being able to share and talk about these things. And it doesn't necessarily matter how many likes or followers I'm getting. Is that accurate? That's exactly it. And from time to time, I'll even, you know, the numbers get to all of us, right? Um, I think at any point in someone's growth, the numbers are going to get to them. So it's nice to have projects. Like mm -hmm. I'll often take on projects from separate accounts or different accounts, which I know, I know you do yourself. Um, it's just nice to have a different project where you're, you're focusing on different numbers or you can let go from the numbers a little bit more. So yeah, that's a huge part of my creative process and keeping me motivated to keep my main account going and creating content over there. Love it. So you mentioned earlier, and I know I, I briefly mentioned this, that you are a teacher. Um, and during this whole growth period, you have had a full-time job uh, and a full-time job that doesn't just end the second you clock out. Um, I, I would imagine there's, there's lots of times where you're uh, you know, grading things at home and working and preparing uh, class plans and whatnot. So how did you maintain your consistency and sanity while growing an Instagram 
and also having a full-time job that you needed to manage. Oh, also, and part of your teaching was during the pandemic where you're teaching from home, you're teaching on a computer, like it's, it's kind of a weird thing. So how have you been able to maintain juggling all these balls? Well, I appreciate you saying that because yeah, teaching really is a take-home job through and through, right? It's one, you got to be there and you're on so mentally all the time. Uh, so coming home and finding the the room to work on my business and hopefully make it as much a priority as my as my teaching has been quite challenging. Um, I find it really does come down to my workflow. So the more I can batch create content when it's on the weekend and my voice hasn't been my voice hasn't gone raspy from teaching the same math lesson three times in the same day or having to. <laughs> you know, yell at kids for throwing snow at each other at recess, <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> I try to really just strike while the iron's hot. So my weekend batch recording has been huge. Um, something that I've really just gotten into my workflow that I'm, I'm quite proud of and enjoying is not just like making myself accountable to do all the content in one day. Instead, I'll set aside time for scripting, right? So one day I'll, I'll say, you know, I need five posts. I need reels or I need copy for a carousel or what's going to go on screen for my infographic. And I'll just write all the text. I'll open up a plain, non-distracting Google Doc and just free write, get all that done. Okay, that's great for today. I'm good. My voice can rest. And then when I have the day to you know, record all my reels, I will sit down. I know we talked about this, get a few shirts, get a few outfits to swap out. I think you're the batch recording king. <laughs> so you know all about this. <laughs> um, and I will just do all my, all my camera day, get all that done, pause next time. And then I'll go and edit another day. And being able to do that has really allowed me to work my full-time job as a teacher, come home and you know, put two hours aside to this process, one hour to, you know, to scripting and still feel like I have an evening to myself or have a break. Because I think that is really where burnout gets in if you don't set aside time in your process to give yourself a break and have, have work-life balance. Being an entrepreneur, I've found establishing work-life balance to be one of the most difficult things to really just put in that schedule for yourself. So that's a must I really have to stress. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, another thing that I know has helped me is is I have a, a team now. So I have someone who like designs my carousels and edits my reels for me. Do you currently have a team or anyone helping you out with Instagram? No. So currently I'm, I'm all my own. Um, I don't know if it's a, it's probably a control thing. I've, I've, I've tried having people on mm -hmm. and, and maybe haven't done enough, like tried it enough. Um, but currently it is just me behind the, behind the camera, behind the computer, behind the content. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's still good to hear because I think there's a lot of people who, for whatever reason, they're not in a position where they can hire a team or they feel, uh, able to make that like investment right now. Um, and so it's pretty cool to hear someone who, has worked a full-time job and grown to over 300,000 followers with a very consistent posting schedule. <laughs> and you don't have like a robust media team doing all this work for you. But I do really like that approach of like kind of setting aside different times where you can be in these different headspaces. Yeah. Because I think the headspace where you're recording and you know, you're on camera and the charismatic, energetic, enthusiastic version of us isn't always the same person who's like script writing right. and coming up with the copy for a carousel. And that's a different person than the person who's actually designing the carousel. And that's a different headspace than the person who's like editing the, the actual video or the carousel together. And so I, I like that approach and kind of like breaking down this process into much smaller chunks. Um, so my next question is, you know, how do you balance 
the creative side of content creation, because as we were talking about earlier, you do like to test and have fun and you do have all these different kinds of posts that I'm that honestly inspire me. And yet there's still the analytical side where you have to like look at the numbers. So how do you balance out between the two? Um, and where, where do you kind of draw that line? I try to give myself a balance, like you said, of doubling down on what's working, right? If um, you mentioned that, like that voiceover reel, uh, that, I, that style I've been doing where it's like animations on screen and my voice in the back, that's been doing so well with my audience, but I don't always love the process behind making it. I haven't made it a nice, neat process yet, right? I'm, I'm trying to get there, um, but I know it's working. So I do tell myself, you know, if it's working, keep doing it, put it out there. A big saying I've... I've come to appreciate is like eating the frog. If you've heard of that, it's like if you have if mm-hmm. you have a to do list and there's one thing you really don't want to do on that to do list, do it first. Get it out of the way because if you put it last, you're just going to be thinking about it all day anyway. So when I have certain posts that I know I need to make or I know I want to make because um, it's good for my audience and my account, I'll try to get it out of the way first and then have the fun content, the more experimental content mixed in. But I really do have to say, like I've seen so many accounts that um experiment or grab at a bunch of different footholds to find what works but sometimes you really just have to read the signs and and for a small account like we get a lot of signs when like we know when a post did disproportionately better or worse than our our average right but even even for smaller accounts mm-hmm. take a look sometimes it could mean you got 300 reels views as opposed to 75 reels views what was it that made that stand out or made more people watch that or the algorithm rewarded that or showed it to more people. Maybe you get just five likes more or two comments more. I really encourage people to look for those signs um, and double down on it. So I try to do that as well. Um, Constantly just testing and observing my own content and also being inspired by what I'm seeing out, out there from other content creators. Love that. Shifting gears here a little bit. Um, are you someone who super actively posts on every single platform? Because I know you were originally teaching TikTok, um, but now really Instagram is your focus. Or are you someone who posts on every mil- every one of the million different platforms? Or do you pretty much just focus on Instagram? So I've, I've gone in and out of stages of trying. Um, I've tried and repurposing content is getting easier and easier and easier. But I found that as I was repurposing um, the content, the platforms I was repurposing to, I, I was bringing my content from Instagram there, but I wasn't bringing myself, right? I wasn't bringing my heart and soul as a mm. content creator or as a community, as someone who's you know running or building a community. And that's where I found I was really struggling to grow um, and just not not feeling the vibe there or like not feeling the motivation there. So yeah. while I've gone in and out of it, I've I've really have just made Instagram my bread and butter. Um, that's where I'm really yeah. just focused, and I've, I've really enjoyed growing there. Now safety and your account security being a huge concern. I have really prioritized growing my email list as, as a secondary thing, but between those two, um, that's where I divide most of my time, but I do want to work on including more regular platforms in the pipeline. Maybe that's where I'll eventually look to outsource. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, no, I feel, I totally feel you on that. And I think that there's this misconception that like we have to show up on every single platform. And I've never thought that that is true or should be the case. So I love that you're kind of just like, hey, I'm, I'm really focused on Instagram and I'm making sure to build my email list so that I have a way to contact those people off of Instagram. Right. But you know, you've had plenty of success with really just the one platform. So that's pretty awesome. Um, 
I know, speaking of other platforms, that you did recently just launch a podcast. So I would love if you could tell our viewers a little bit about that show. Uh, I want to give a shout out for anyone who hasn't listened to the show yet or who is going to look it up after what Lucas says right now. I really just appreciate the cover art, if nothing else. <laughs> it's totally my vibe. I dig it. Uh, but Lucas, please you know, tell us all about your show. Yeah, the podcast is called Creator Juice. Um, it's with my really like my best content creator friend, uh, VJ Vishal Joseph, um, and we really just share motivation, inspiration, and my favorite part, accountability for content creators. So it's just VJ and I having conversations about what our obstacles are as content creators, how we can you know adjust our strategy, how community and networking and making friends along the way is probably the best strategy there is for being a content creator and something, you know, as someone who started becoming a content creator during the pandemic, I didn't realize how important that was and how that was lacking from my lifestyle. So he and I are really just approaching a lot of topics about how to stay motivated, how to stay inspired and how to find your community as a content creator. And we're having a lot of fun. And the, like you said, the branding is a giant juice box that VJ, you know, he, he <laughs> drew upon our, our love for like retro video games and branding. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I think that's also such an important thing to talk about because it's really rarely talked about within our space, but it can be a very lonely space to be in. Yes. Um, whether you think about like the fact that we're one content creator slash business owner who's making content for all of these people, but we're kind of like doing it alone or for a lot of people who I'm sure are listening to the show, you know, you might be a stay at home, you know, work from home person who's doing this by themselves and your partner leaves every day and goes off to their typical job or your friends are all out working their nine to five and you're at home working your five to nine, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a good and necessary topic to talk about. So I'm glad you guys are able to discuss that on the show. One thing that I, absolutely wanted to hit on today. And this is some news. We can officially announce it because they found out a few yeah. days ago. Uh, <laughs> but I know you have uh, some life updates, which I felt very honored because you added me to your close friends. By the way, for anyone who's listening, everyone uses close friends. So like, yes. imagine any celebrity, no matter how many followers the person has, we all use close friends because we all have like our inner circle of people who we want to know the juice. Uh, pun intended with your podcast <laughs> name, but you added me to your close friends a couple weeks ago. And I saw a story that you posted making this big uh, life announcement update. And I was like, Ooh, I can't wait to talk about that on the show. So Lucas, can you please spill the beans with my audience and tell them what I'm talking about? I absolutely can. You could probably see the big smile on my face as of, <laughs> <laughs> as of two weeks ago. Uh, something that's just a decision that's weighed heavily on me a very long time in my content creator journey. Um, I turned in my official resignation from my my public school board that I was I've been working for for eight years. So I've been a teacher for eight years. Like we said, balancing, wearing all these hats, the juggling act between the two. Um, but I'm fully excited and confident to take on my content creation journey full time. So. As of January 26th, I will be a full-time content creator and I am couldn't be more excited about it. I love that. Let's go. Congratulations on that. Um, so, wow. So at the end of the month, basically end of January, you're done. Uh, have I know at this point that we're talking, uh, you haven't quite told your students yet, so I can't quite gauge what their reaction is going to be. Um, but how are you feeling? Like, I know you're excited to be a full-time content creator. Was this a scary decision to make? It was. And, and, and it, it 
up till recently, it still was, <laughs> it still has been. Um, I've said forever that I'm, I'm someone who appreciates like, or needs more so needs the stability of like, you know, mm. teaching as a government job, as a public school board. I really liked it. Teaching in Canada where I, where I'm based is, is really great. I'm fortunate to say. Um, but it, as, as I've been saying that for years, I'm, I've also, again, continued on this awesome journey as a content creator. I've met so many amazing people. I've met this network. I've had the chance to work with and still be working with some amazing brands, creating digital products. It's a job that I can wake up and this is, I'm not a morning person. So this is, this is important for me to say. It's a job where I can truly wake up and be excited to work. I, I don't need an alarm that I'm going to snooze five or six times. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to just be on my own schedule and to wake up and work on my passion and sharing and being there for my audience. Mm -hmm. Over the years of growth, what was the kind of turning point that finally allowed you to make this decision? Was it like a certain number of followers you reached or, you know, what led you to finally be like, yeah, this has been on my mind for a while, but now's the time. It was definitely looking at the monetization streams that I that I'd built up, and again, mm -hmm. I've had I've I've had the chance to work in a few different streams of like I said, brand deals, digital products, community growth, um, sponsors, right? But um, looking at actually building those again, looking at into the ones that are doing really well for my business and for my audience and align with me, um, and and really just keeping those good relationships was something that finally showed me, hey, I can do this. I have. Um, a situation where it's replacing my teacher income, right? And and that's with content creation being my, like we said, not to say my afterthought, but something where I get home and it's not mm -hmm. my most optimal. I think they're called the green hours of the day, right? Where I, I'm I'm a little bit burnt <laughs> out, I'm exhausted. So I'm excited to see what I can do with this when it's my top priority and it's what I'm waking up and I'm working on from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. before I get tired or exhausted or I want to go outside and do things. <laughs> yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, tell me more about some of these income streams and the different things you've maybe tried out that haven't worked out so well, the things that you've you've done that you've had a lot of success with. Um, I'd love to learn just kind of about what different streams of income you've created for yourself as a content creator. Yeah. And, and to that, I think it's important to try out everything that's out there, or at least like if, if someone knows what they want to do, that's awesome. Um, in which case, double down on that, make that your program. But you know, like you said, with your question, um, was it a certain follower amount? Was it a certain audience amount? And I find a lot of creators still really struggle to monetize, to keep their monetization regular, to find that first monetization. I've always said, don't focus on like making 100K or 10K or whatever through social media, focus on making $1, right? Um, if people, if you can get your audience to, or someone from your audience to pay $1 for something or to buy something for you from you or to pay for a consultation, whatever your program, whatever you want to offer is, then you're learning so many skills um, that you can then scale into whatever your goals are to make it a business or for your business. Mm -hmm. So realizing how to take that leap has been huge. For me, um, brand deals have really carved themselves out as my number one income source. Um, and I've learned tons in how to navigate that, how to not just wait for the brands to come to me. And, and this is something people, regardless of their audience size, I really want them to focus on and, and try. You don't have to wait for the brands to come to you, right? Reach out to the, the tools you already use, the companies you already um, you want to partner with because you use their products often. Go ahead and, and have the engaged audience 
have the good content and advocate for yourself and you never know what's going to happen. So brand deals have really stood out and been where I found my footing. Um, I don't know if it's the teacher in me, but I haven't ever liked coaching, right? Uh, I'm already talking to a group of 30 students every single day. So not wanting to then do like <laughs> one-on-one coaching after that. So just, just for anyone listening, don't think you have to listen to like, this is the only way to monetize social media, or this is the only way. There, there really are infinite possibilities and customization options for you to build out your business on Instagram or any platform nowadays, I believe. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think something that's really cool about focusing more on, on brand deals and partnerships and sponsorships is that then you don't have to worry about all of the headache and stress and customer service and promoting and launching and like all of these different things that you have to do when you're your own business owner. Instead, like they handle all of that because it's their business right. and you're instead just getting paid to promote or talk about them. Um, and oftentimes they're products that you already know, use and love. So how early on, like um, maybe after how many months or at how many followers did you begin the reach out process, which I will say absolutely 1000% agree. Don't sit back and wait for Adobe to reach out to you, reach out to Adobe. But exactly. when did you kind of start that? Yeah. And I, I would even say I did it late. Um, the first time I had a brand reach out to me, I think I'd been running my account for um, a year and three months. So over a year and a brand reached out and it was a brand I'd already, I'd been using and like unprovoked, they just reached out to me and I was just like, wait a second, I could have done this, you know, months ago. Uh, this is great. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I wish I had done it sooner, sooner than a year. I wish I had uh, monetized sooner. I sell a digital content calendar every year, just leading up to the holidays. Um, it's just like a nice little quick Black Friday to New Year's Eve launch period. And then it's done. I don't have to worry about it. And that's been a vastly successful product. So um, if I had started that earlier, I, I would love to see where things are. So just my advice is don't be afraid to start. It's never too early. All you're going to hear back is either no reply or no. And these are professional businesses. So it's going to be a professional no, and you might even get feedback from it. So just <laughs> don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to try to monetize um, and get things off the ground. There's no time you have to wait for before you can start. Absolutely. Um, speaking of starting, you very eloquently led me into uh, my final question, which is really more of a segment. We did this segment uh, week one with Millie. You were so generous as to provide us with one of your early, early on videos. So um, with your permission, I will now be sharing this uh, video that you posted on Instagram. And if there's any prefacing or uh, describing that you'd like to do, uh, now's your chance to save face. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm excited to see this. And uh, there's a, I don't know if there's a no pun intended with face either, because this is me with no, this was me going a year trying no beard. Uh, this was me not having a haircut in a very long time because it was the pandemic. <laughs> um, I'm excited to see this because I started my, my platform. I started my community looking at like with no beard. And then one day I randomly posted a picture and I was like, oh, I'm thinking of growing my beard back. And people are like, why don't you have that? Like, why have you not kept that? So let's see how this looks. I'm excited to go to it. <laughs> All right, here, here we go. Okay, so the first thing to do, and you're gonna hear this and say, Lucas, you're telling me things I already know. That's the point. The algorithm is actually much simpler than we make it out to be. The first thing, create good content. Put it up there and quickly take a look and say, is this good? If you were to come across it and someone else posted it, 
Would you like it? Would it grab your attention? Would you continue reading the whole way through? Would you follow that person because it left a great first impression? Now, here's the thing, Lucas. I I enjoy playing these like early initial videos, these like first take rough drafts. I don't know if, and obviously this is only episode two of the podcast. I don't know if for the rest of the podcast, we'll have someone who has such a well put together first video. Like, I know we can laugh about like, oh, your hair was long. You didn't have the beard, but like you had the like glowing light behind your head, total YouTube status. You had the nice, the nice microphone. We had the editing. Like, I gotta say kudos to you on that. Thank you. Um, Because if that's one of your very first videos, like that's, that's an impressive way to start. I'm just looking at it. And this was like, this is a square we're looking at because this was IG video. This wasn't, uh, Reels wasn't around yet, right? At least I don't think so. Um, or anything after over a certain length got posted as an IG video. The rest would be Reels at this time. Very new pioneer age of Reels. Um, and I'm loving how it's kind of gone full circle because I, I like how the, the talking head style where someone is just on camera and they're speaking. They have the interactive like GIF elements and on-screen captions and mm-hmm. text and transitions. I love that style right now. And that's what I'm seeing here. So I, I wish it had done that well back then, but uh, it's a lot of fun to just see how things have gone full circle. Mm-hmm, totally. I feel like you could repost that today and it would fit in totally <laughs> with like the overarching trends and themes that we're seeing today. Right. So I think that's pretty awesome. And and really, I know you started this business in 2020 and this, I mean, obviously this post was from late 2020. Was there any sort of content creation that you were doing before this? Like, were you a secret Pokemon YouTuber or, you know, did your ability to be on camera and speak to people, did that come, do you think, from your background in teaching and having to kind of be on your feet and talk to people all day long? Like, where did this come from? Yeah, my first ever project, um, probably about two years before this, was I really wanted to get onto YouTube. This That was still my this niche or this industry I'm about to talk about is still my only time I've ever really gone into YouTube, but I would make um, mental health oriented classroom lesson videos. So uh, it was called three part Mm -hmm. life because a big part of teaching is the three part lesson. You start with a hook um, or the minds on, then you do the action part of it. And then you do the consolidation. Um, I should say the account is now, the account is down. I took it down um, years ago and I wish I hadn't because it was really, it was really getting a lot of traction with um, especially during the pandemic and a lot of online teaching. Um, this was still very early when I, you know, I didn't know about how, if I should be embarrassed about being online and putting myself out there. And I didn't want to get people getting confused that I had these two different, you know, I was doing, you know, lessons for the classroom here, social media, or at the time, TikTok tips over here. What are they going to think? What are they going to merge about my two identities? So I, I got rid of one and I really, re- I really regret doing that. And I'd wish I had, I'd kept doing it and, and seen it grow. And that's my big thing for everybody listening is never feel embarrassed about your content, right? Never worry about what your family or friends or the people in your personal life are going to think about it. I just had the, the great experience of at our last staff meeting, like we said, to my 75 coworkers, my fellow teachers, we announced that I'm, I'm not retiring, but I'm resigning from the profession. And, and just to see how excited they were for me when at a time to start, I probably would have hid this account. Like when my Instagram was new, I was probably hiding it from people. Or when someone I knew in my personal life was following mm-hmm. me, I got like a little embarrassed or I would warn them, oh, I post a lot, just a heads up. I, I'm, you don't have to follow me. I'm, I'm, I'm on the feed all the time. Um, <laughs> embrace it. Embrace it is what I will say. And, and that's my main takeaway that I wish I had known from the start. 
I love that. Well, I hope that's the listener's main takeaway from this episode. Lucas, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you. We'll link up uh, your Instagram and your new podcast down in the show notes below. But thank you for being here and congratulations on starting this new chapter in your life. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. And I'm honored to have great friends and great content creators just like you along the journey. Thanks a lot. Thank you again for listening today. I hope you learned something new. I hope you feel inspired and motivated. There were so many great nuggets to take away from Lucas's story. And again, Social Media Moneymakers is a brand new show. So I appreciate you listening. I hope you subscribe. I hope if you're enjoying the podcast, you can leave us a five-star review and let us know what you're enjoying about the show. Also, if you ever want to shoot me a message on Instagram with future topics or future guests that you would like to see covered on the show, you are always welcome to do so. My Instagram DMs are absolutely a suggestion box where anything goes and you can say whatever you want, speak your mind about this show. But really, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and or watching, which by the way, in case you were unaware, we do have a YouTube version of this podcast as well. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for being here.